Okay, first, welcome to the Hit Factor. Tonight we got the full crew on uh, with Sasquatch, Jason. I don't know if I can call Jason Boomer anymore, but we have Jason and we have <laughs> Jeff and we have myself. Jason has grown attached to the name Boomer, so we're no longer calling him Boomer. <laughs> okay, got it. I'm fine with that. Uh, so we got, okay, first we got the first hard hitting topic we have is Jeff has promised an update on the coons that he's got living in his attic. And so, yeah, we need to hear more about that. Yeah, let's quickly. Do it. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this story up. Okay. Quickly. All right. So the raccoons were gone a long time ago. I think I already said that, uh, they were gone almost immediately when I did the little trap door up there. So they're gone. Uh, it's basically cleaned up. Just the contractor didn't do a very good job. So, and this is like small town. So we're just doing like a buddy buddy deal. I'm like giving him a little cash. We're going on our way because I'm moving. I signed a contract on a house this week. So I'm out of here. Next person can deal with it. So that is the climax of the story. I'm out of here. We closed March 19th on the new house. Did you buy a house without having your sold? Yes. Have you considered how hard a raccoon infested house will be to sell? What raccoons? The ones that used to live in your attic that destroyed it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Pre-purchase inspection is going to be a surprise for Jeff. <laughs> 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 no, we've already got a po- couple people looking at it, so that's good. Getting out of here, getting into a nicer place. The real estate market is hot right now. Everybody's flipping houses, buying houses, all kinds of stuff, so shouldn't be any problem. Have you thought about keeping it as like a rental property? I have thought about it, but I'm not going to because I don't want to have to deal with this house because it's really old and it needs a lot of work, so I don't want to deal should- with it. Wash I thought about getting to be done with it. Yeah, I'd like to get a, I'd like to get a rental property, but I don't want it to be this one. So, might take the principal or take the, the equity out of this house and go get a different one or something. We'll see. Like see what the idea. future holds. I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm yeah. pretty sad about no. this. I was really hoping for more raccoon stories. But. When when shopping for the new house, how much effort did you put into reloading room? And dry fire room in said new house. Bro. All right. So we got a two car garage and a 20 by 30 shop, insulated shop, and three bedrooms. And I have one kid. So yeah, I'm basically going to have a workout in the garage, Jeep out in the Closet. shop, reloading room. The safe will be in the same room as my reloading stuff. It's going to be a good setup. It's going to be real nice. So like your prison gym is going to be like insulated now? Yeah, it's going to be in the garage. It's going to be awesome. How is that going to harden you up if you're not working out in those cold 35 degree Oklahoma days? I don't know. It'll get soft, I guess. Oh, that's another that's another thing we need updates on. So you got fat earlier. Yeah, yeah. I did. And you're you're trying to be not fat. So how's that going? It's going good. It's going When did as you planned. get fat? <laughs> 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 it was like right, right after the holidays. Okay. Uh, I gained I, I gained like 15 pounds, 12 or 15 pounds. 
which looks really terrible on my frame. Did you guys not see the pictures? Those uh, those pictures need to be updated to the uh, the Facebook page. I don't think those ever went public. We need to we need to get those public. I don't remember seeing pictures, and I don't want to see them anyway. <laughs> Good call. I'm gonna, send, I'm gonna send them again right now. Oh yeah, so I gained like twelve or fifteen pounds. Got fat. Like I used to have some abdominal definition, and like all disappeared. It's like one solid muffin top. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's. It is not pleasant to look at. And I I knew that. Like, I know anything over 180 pounds, I look like dog shit. So, yeah. But it was for the challenge, the transformation challenge. So, yeah, we're on track. I'm back below 180 pounds. We started the challenge at 188 pounds. One, you got up to 188? <laughs> yeah, buddy. 188. I was 173-ish before I started. I was 173-ish at Area 4 in September. That's pretty, I mean, that's that's a pretty good amount. So you're what, 30 days in? Yeah, about four weeks. And you've lost like eight pounds already? Yeah. I mean, some of that's not legitimate pounds. It's just like water and food and whatnot. But yeah, I've I've lost probably about four or five legit pounds. Yeah. And you got another 60 days? Yeah. Yeah, I got another, what, 10, 10 weeks? But you kind of fell off the wagon because you told me you had coffee the other day. Uh, I didn't fall off the wagon. I went 30 days, no caffeine. It's supposed to go 90 days, no caffeine. <laughs> no. I was supposed to not be addicted to caffeine anymore and then incorporate it. So I do. I still have like coffee on the weekends now, so... I had two sounds, two sounds cups like of coffee. Again. Yeah. Saturday, Friday, Saturday morning, I had some coffee. We're not addicted now, so we can start having some coffee. But no more Mountain Dews and no more high stim pre workouts. So that's, that's good. I, that's good yeah. to know. I like coffee, so I'm going to drink coffee. There it is. There's my update. I'm doing awesome. I'm losing weight. I'm getting shredded. I'm not addicted anymore. I'm getting out of this house, getting into a better house. Man, things are really looking up for me. Jeff's life is, he's about to get his life in order. Next thing you know, know, he's going to move out of Oklahoma and he's actually going to get his life in order. No, no. Next (laughs) thing you know, he's going to find primers. (laughs) Yeah. I I got 3,000. That should be plenty. That's all, that's uh, all Jay need, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all Jay needs. I mean, we got it wrong, but um, I would totally. <laughs> um, if anybody out there wants to buy primers for four hundred dollars a brick, give me a call. Okay, give Jason a call. I'm I'm holding out for a thousand, just like GameStop. No, if you do give him a call, give him a call in the middle of the night, please. Yeah, anytime after eight thirty. Yeah, Boomer's number is four zero seven six three five. <laughs> so okay so that that brings us so we apparently jason or boomer or jason has heard some chatter that uh some people don't necessarily like when we talk about anything other than something that's shooting well, related no no it wasn't it wasn't chatter it was joe park oh, oh. <laughs> that son of a 
after we bring him on and we let him shill his new book and all of that sort of stuff, and then he's going to talk smack. He said he wasn't interested in fishing. And we told him he was wrong. And coffee. <laughs> and coffee, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Does Joel drink anything? He doesn't drink alcohol. He doesn't drink coffee either. Powerade Zero. Powerade Zero. Dude, if I had to give up coffee, I would I'm I'd go on a murderous rampage. You think so? Yeah. Cause like <laughs> I already want to just stab people. Maybe so. that's because you're drinking so much coffee. Shut your mouth. No, no. The coffee I drink every morning at work saves lives. It does. It's probably saved as many lives as seatbelts have this year. Yeah. <laughs> so That's anyway, good- so uh, if people don't necessarily like if we talk about something other than shooting, we're probably going to talk about some stuff other than shooting. <laughs> and you can just learn to enjoy Jason's winning personality and like, and Jeff. And Sasquatch. And then you have to just deal with me. Like, it's just part of the package at this point. Nobody likes you, so it's okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like, that's no su- that's no surprise. <laughs> oh, we're glad you're here, Jeremy, despite all the terrible things we say about you. <laughs> He's only here because his wife pays us so that, she, so that he leaves her alone for a few hours a week. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. She can get a break. That sounds reasonable, too. She can go watch her trashy TV shows while I'm not there to give her crap about it. Right? Right? You're about to have a or she's about to have a kid, right? Yeah. So, I mean, on on non-shooting relating stuff, I've got... So, the due date is uh, February <laughs> 22nd, um, but we're guessing kid number two is going to come a little yeah. earlier than that. Your kid had right. better be here before Cody's kid. We don't I'm want to pretty be sure. We don't want to be second place. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're ahead of Cody's. I don't I don't know when his due date is, but I'm pretty sure we're in front of that a little bit. I don't care when his is. I want our podcast to be first on child. Well, I mean, Jeff and I already have a kid <laughs> the old apiece. ones the old ones don't count. Oh, oh. you have to, oh, you have to beat them but within a is there's a margin that you can beat them by. So, yeah. Which I mean, like that actually is the second kid actually is a little bit shooting related because for me, like I can feel that it has, uh, like it hasn't come from my wife at all, but like being gone now, like I feel a little bit more like guilt. Actually, I actually feel a little bit of guilt, like being out of town. Like with one kid, like I felt a little bit, but it's like okay, she can handle one kid, no big deal. But then, I mean, my wife has a full time job. She's a nurse practitioner. Uh, and you don't need you don't need to feel guilt. You think the UPS driver that fathered that child feels guilt when he doesn't stop by for a couple <laughs> weeks? <laughs> I mean, he's the UPS driver is like uh, I don't know fifty and about one hundred fifty pounds overweight. So I'm I really hope that that's if I drove her to that, that's pretty bad. But. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so we'll, we'll see with uh, having two kids. I mean, I feel a little bit more guilty going out of town for matches and stuff. I wouldn't. It's more people uh, to keep her occupied. She has more company. Give her something to do. She has more to do now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's your job to make them, her job to raise them. That's right. I mean, that's that sounds reasonable to me. Also, <laughs> I also will note that both of those comments have come from the two single people on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 
Oh, that's awesome. Gonna have two kids. Which also along along those lines, I have officially withdrawn from the world shoot for this year. Uh, um, so I was I was on the classic team for the world shoot and the cost of going to Thailand, you're probably looking at close to five thousand uh, dollars. I'd, I'd be gone for two weeks, and then you just add on top of it all of the going to a third world country with a gun in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. It just kind of all added up to like that doesn't seem fun to me anymore. So I'm not going to Thailand this year. What could go wrong? Yeah, I can't imagine trying to get back in the country with guns and all that. Like you can't, you can't even ship ammo over there. So you have to spend like six hundred dollars in ammo just to shoot the match over there. So, hmm. yeah, not not if you shoot doubles on every single target. If you know what I'm saying. Well, you know what I'm saying I don't have the skills that some other shooters have to be able to hmm. do that. That's unfortunate. Do you yeah. know of any uh, other shooters that are dropping out? Uh, I haven't spoken any. Um, as far as I know, the rest of the classic team is is planning on on going and being there. Um, I, I I don't know how they'll fill my spot for the team. I think Paul Kerr was was fifth in qualification. So if they go by that, you know that then Paul would get to go if if Paul still wanted to. And so in that regard, I don't feel bad because Paul's a great shooter. Um, yeah. And they will still do really, really well as a team if Paul's if Paul's the fill-in for me. And I'm sure if Paul isn't, then they'll find another another good person to fill in. So that that won't be a problem, I don't think. That's I mean, that's a good thing. The US has lots of shooters to choose from and replacing a Jeremy Reed is not not real hard. Like you can pretty much just close your eyes and throw a dart and you'll find somebody better probably. Do they reach out to a Jeff Cawthon? Yeah, they've they, been fill, they've been filling up my inbox, man. I can't delete the emails fast enough. They don't know the proper smoke signals to communicate with people in Oklahoma, so <laughs> I doubt he's heard from them. <laughs> no, no, so yeah, they haven't reached out to me. I don't know. That's where I'm at. All right, so uh, Super Squad. So Nationals. We've got our first Nationals coming up in May, first weekend of May, second weekend of May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's low Way cap, the Beretta low cap nationals. So you got production, single stack, L10, and Revo. Revo. Uh, and we're all signed up. Are we all signed up for it? We're all signed up, but we don't all have spots. We're all signed up. Who's waitlisted? I am. Oh, I bet you'll get in. That He'll get in. in. Yeah, that won't. I don't think that'll be a problem. No way that match sells out. Did you call him up and ask him if I knew who you were? Did I? Yeah, you, you know who I am. <laughs> no, I didn't. First of all, I don't. I didn't see a phone number to call anyone. So, um, but no, I did not call them up and say, "Do you know who I headquarters?" Am. Say, call headquarters. Call headquarters. Say, say who's in charge it. here? I'm gonna I get my could. mom to call him. <laughs> I, could, I know <laughs> who my son is. I, I'm gonna tell a real quick story. Um, when I was like 16. Um, I went to get a job interview and my aunt drove me because I didn't have a car at the time. And she walks in and she knew the person that owned the, the business. And um, she's like, this is my nephew and he'd like a job here. And I was like, oh, man. And of course, they never they never called me. <laughs> it was right. Yeah. But that would be that'd be pretty much the same thing. Except that you let they let you in because they, they know who you are. In. Yeah. But yeah, no, we're all I'd, signed up. 
there was empty spots and I was like, oh, I'll sign up. And then it was like, oh, it's full. And I was like, okay. I, I don't know if those people have just not squatted yet or what. Yeah. I also so. like how just a second ago, Sasquatch tried to say something like five times in a row and he got cut off like five <laughs> times in a row. No. Broke my heart. He, he almost <laughs> rage quit the podcast right then and there. I did. What's funny is I didn't even hear it. I didn't even notice I didn't it. E- I didn't even notice either. <laughs> no, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> I play I play video games with uh with some with some guys and Jared's one of them and it's always we'll start we'll be talking and Jared will like up 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 and we're just and we don't do it on purpose but it's it's pretty funny I I must not even hear it anymore <laughs> and one of us has manners and like we'll let the other one finish when you they continue over top of them boomer. Who would have thought that the Sasquatch has the best table manners? So, so that, but that brought up uh, an interesting topic for us in our little chat in the, and how they form super squads and that sort of stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit tonight about how we think super squads should be formed. So in my time in the sport, they've gone through a couple different things. Uh, when, when Voight was president, the super squad was mostly like, if you had a if you were a known name in the sport, you got put on the super squad. And it didn't necessarily matter previous match performance so much. And the only way to to get your way onto that is to like do well at lots of big matches over and over and over again. Like you had to like be like they had to really think, oh, this guy might actually win. Cause they didn't want somebody coming off the super squad not winning. But it wasn't necessarily like if you placed eighth or ninth in nationals, that wasn't going to put you on the super squad the next year, right? And then you fast forward to now with um, Foley as president. I assume basically the president kind of determines how this is done. I could be wrong about that. But uh, basically how they're doing super squads now is they take the top 10 shooters from that division from the prior nationals and those 10 shooters become the super squad and how they have done it for oftentimes you don't have the same 10 people shooting the same division year after year, especially with them rotating the nationals, changing the nationals every single year. Um, so then they would basically just go down the list. say, okay, if somebody dropped out, then they go to 11, then they go to 12, they go to 13 and they go down the list till they fill it. That's basically how it has been it is being done currently the best of my understanding. Um, yeah. So what do you guys think about that? How do y'all think super squad should be formed and uh, would y'all do it different? See, so, look, Jer- oh, somebody interrupt Jared, please interrupt Jared. <laughs> yes. He uh, put his uh, right here, please. <laughs> Jared put up his freaking hot dog of a finger to make sure everybody knew that he, he was, wanted to say he, something. He's raising his hand. All right, Jared. All right, so my thoughts are that going off of the the previous year's finishers, like there needs to be a cutoff number. And I mean, lately it seems like pretty much if they're going to have 12 spots to take the 12 from the previous year. The one exception I'd make to that is, is that they need to be reasonable too on on someone that's a, a real contender for the division, even if they maybe didn't shoot it the year before, should definitely be on there. Say, uh, uh, last year, Casey Reed did not shoot production nationals the year before, I don't think. But Casey definitely should have been on the production super squad last year. 
or say uh, Ben did not shoot it last year, if Ben shows up this year, like he should be on that super squad. So I think you maybe take like the top eight to start with from the previous year, wait and see if any of the other guys that are would be in real contention to win it register. And if not, then you fill out with the remaining, you know, to the top 12 or something. So how do you determine though? Like, cause that gets like, how do you actually determine who those contenders are? Cause that's what, that's what can kind of turn into a, an old, old boys club. Right. I I think, I think the easy way you'd think of it is be like someone who maybe had shot the division for several years and was always on the super squad. Like they're a contender. They should be on there. Or if someone's a national champion in another division and they jump and they, they go to that match now, they should probably be on it. I mean, how long ago a national champion? Say, say in the last two or three years. Because, like, I mean, making a jump from, like, say somebody wins open and then they just they pick up a single stack for a, yeah. a month, they're not necessarily going to be competitive to win the match. If the, if the, let's, I mean, we're assuming the single stack match is a deep field, no, which but, it's not always a deep field. But if, if somebody's winning open nationals and they pick up a single stack gun, Odds are they're going to be in the top 10. They should probably be on that squad. Um, same thing, say say uh, Christian won open last year and the year before. If he picks up a CO gun, he should probably be put on the CO super squad. I mean, he's a, he's a potential real threat. We don't know how he's going to shoot CO if he shoots it. But, I mean, he's a, he's a serious contender. He's, uh, isn't he shooting L10? I don't know. I haven't looked. He is. He's signed up. Yeah, he's shooting L10 Nationals. You think he should be on the Super Squad? I mean, there will probably only be 12 people there anyways, so... I mean, yeah, there's only three people (laughs) on the Super Squad right now, so... So, I mean, I would disagree a little bit with that. If somebody has basically only ever shot one division, and they say they've, they've done really well in that division, and then they're... It happens to line up so that they can shoot limited nationals, and it's limited nationals has always been with with open or something. So they decide to shoot limited nationals. I don't, I don't necessarily know that you should put them somebody who's never shot a division on a super squad for a completely new division because that I, that is a little bit of a slap in the face to the person who was, you know, you're, as you're saying, like ninth or tenth the year before they did shoot the division. They've competed in it. They've proven that they can compete with that gun and compete at a high level with that gun. To somebody who, as you said, you don't really know how they're going to do with it. Maybe they'll be well, good. Maybe they won't. Well, maybe maybe then the the standard needs to be there. It needs to be a super squad A and a super squad B. It's getting complicated. You take top twelve from the previous year to super squad A, and then you fill the B with the c- potential contenders and the remaining of the top sixteen or whatever. I mean, you've they've done that in the past. I mean, that's they'll often do that with. Uh, you know, when they've you have limited and you have L10, oftentimes, like at the same match, oftentimes L10, you don't have enough heat in that to fill an entire legit L10 super squad. So they will take the the top competitors for L10 and then the other top competitors for li- the limited or other top, maybe top women competitors and stuff, and they'll put them on a, on a B super squad. Um, so you, you do see them do that from time to time. Jeff, what do you think? How would you devise a super squad if you were doing it? I was I was sketching it out. I was writing it down. Boomer, how do you think they should do it? Yeah, that's what I was laughing at because I could tell Jared, uh, Jeremy was over there, or Jeff, whatever his name is, 
was over there <laughs> figuring something out. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't care. Um, Shut up. Okay, this I is mean, a podcast. Gonna, you got to have an opinion. That's well, why you have no, a podcast. I mean, yeah. Um, I think I'm kind of more in agreement with um, Jeremy. I think it's um, top 10 from that division last year. And if one or two of those people don't show up the next year, then you go down the list. And then maybe you do the top 10 and you fill the squad with 12. So if someone that, um, you know, has been dominant or is very dominant and several other ones, Nils, for instance, Nils, you know, he's won several championships in a couple different divisions and second, third places in other divisions. So he's legitimately a contender for anything he shoots. Mason's is a contender for anything he shoots. So, you know, Mason didn't shoot carry optics last year. So if he shoots it this year, I would probably say he needs to be on it. But after the first maybe 10, because like you said, you don't want to kick off a guy that was 10th place because Mason wants to shoot it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do, but then it's going to be, then it's going to be completely um, just whatever they decided. And I'm not trying to insinuate anything, but it's just going to be kind of, it could just turn into, well, this is what we want to do. So we'll see. And I don't think you're not really kicking anyone off. There's a clear cut. Like if you made the top 10 or the top eight or whatever last year, you're going to be on it. And then they fill by president's yeah. choice from then on. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I could get I could get down with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's all stupid. I think it's all stupid. My idea is the best. Okay. Oh boy, I can't wait to hear this. Jeff's probably <laughs> gonna have him like pick a number out of a hat. This is somebody <laughs> who cannot multiply three point seven times two, and he's come up with the best solution. So And there's lots of it. math. Lots of math. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Probably right. Oklahoma math. All right. So I'm kind of taking this idea from another sport and except also sort of combining it with some of the things y'all have said. And it's not specific. Some of these numbers would have to change and be figured out. You need more need more figuring, but this is going to be a general idea of what I think could work. First, you got if you're a national champ or have been a national champ in the division that we're talking about you're automatically on the super squad is there a, like what if it was 20 years ago no oh it's it's kind of like a it's like a Within respect the last five years no it doesn't matter if you've been a national champ in that division you're on the super squad it's like a respect kind of deal it's like yeah you're a national mm. champ you're on the super squad what if you've been shut up place? shut up don't, t- don't talk place? don't talk what if you were the people's champ no <laughs> okay so that's the first that's like if you're a national champ you're on the rest uh the next three you're going to take from the previous year uh so like top three from the previous year if one of those was a national champ then that's that's three so you get what i'm saying you got the national champ that's the top three it's going to be the top three from the previous year um, okay, so the rest of the squad is made up by a point system. So you get points. You get points by winning area or level uh, level two and level three matches. So area matches and section matches or special matches, whatever you want to call them, uh, level twos. So you get more points for winning an area match. Um, you get a little bit less points for winning section match and then a special match you would get a little bit less points as well so basically you got to like you got to earn your way onto the super squad by shooting matches and if Can you I win stop you right here no no I'm wait let him finish shut up 
<laughs> yeah. So, and then it would also change with area matches. Like you get more points for winning, say, area two than you would area four. Uh, so it just, it depends on the size of the match too. Like I said, these numbers would have to be figured at some point, but it would be a point system. The person with uh, the most points ends up on the super squad. Obviously this is not going to be perfect because some people only shoot a couple matches a year and they're really good. But I think the system could work. I was believe a, in it. Was that a not so humble brag about yourself that you just tried to throw in there? I was talking about Jay. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So <laughs> the the first issue with this is, is it was dumb. so it was so overly complicated that it would take yeah. effort. Yeah. If if USPSA has shown one thing, they're not willing to make any effort for rules. So why would they do that for picking the super squad? I don't think it would take I don't think it would take effort if you had it set up. Like if you set it up and built the parameters, I think practice score could track it. Oh, all. practice score probably could. Yeah. But you're you're asking an awful lot when some matches aren't even gonna end up being on practice score. I mean all level twos and threes would be on practice score. No. I guess maybe I guess the scores are posted, but like area six is always on match sign up. Ipsic Nationals is always on match sign up. Uh, this is USPSA, not Ipsic, though. Yeah, that that's that's <laughs> never gonna happen. That's not even a reasonable idea. It's not, because it's never gonna happen. Like it's so dumb. I can't even I want to slap you right now. Well, like, okay. If you were here, if you were here, we would slap you. You know the Billy Madison movie? Yes. When the yeah. one guy tells him everyone in this room is now dumber for having heard that. Jared. That's the first thought that comes to mind. Jared's never no, I don't even want to talk to Jared right now. I'm mad. I think it's a good system. I think it could work. I believe in it. Who's going to do the work though, dude? I mean, seriously, what no. Work? I mean, figuring out, what? tallying up all that stuff. Like you're you're that's, that's not the that thing hard. I I'll do but it. That, but I, I, like, I like that when everybody's like, hey, you, you see these, hey, let's do this thing to make this better. And it's like this, this, this. And he's like, well, who's going to do all that? I don't know. Somebody. He's like, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's honestly, it. that's not that hard. You have the competitors submit their points. Uh, that's how they did for the World Shoot teams is that the USPSA headquarters did not track where the team positions were or anything like that. The competitors submitted their points that they earned at the matches. Obviously, a competitor could lie. And if there's some weird anomaly that the USPSA could go back and look like, oh, yeah, that's not right. Because other competitors would, like with the US yeah. team, the other competitor, like if somebody checked, yeah, if somebody lied to make themselves fourth place and the person who should have been fourth place, they would have done the math on it and be like, hey, I was supposed to be there. Why is it? Why did that not happen? And they would, you know, they could, they could figure that out. So, like, that part's not that hard to figure out. You should have the competitors submit it. Um, the biggest problem with Jeff's plan is that one, he's assuming that people are going to commit to a division for a year so that they're going to all earn points in that division. Uh, Cause yeah, you could do that. And a lot of people shoot single stack nationals. They don't shoot single stack the whole year. So if it was a point system based on nothing but people that shot single stack throughout the year, guess what that super squad's going to look like a lot of a, B, and C class shooters because they're just going to accumulate the most points because they shoot the most matches in single stack. So it becomes an accumulation deal rather than a, an excellence performance type deal. Feel I don't think yet? it would though. Feel I mean, you don't yet? you don't really see... I mean, some you do, but I feel like normally there is at least one good single stack shooter at a match. One. Yes, one. Right. Yeah, but that one person would get the points and then they'd be on the super squad. So second place, so we have a one place person super squad. Great, 
There's lots of matches. But that's what I'm saying. There's like usually at least one good person at each match. Like it obviously doesn't work as good with divisions with less people, but I think it would still work. I think it's a two. I don't, I don't, I actually, I like in theory, theoretically, it's a great plan. Like, like theoretically, like that's how other sports do it. But the problem is we have 20 million different divisions. And yeah. So then like that, like theoretically, it it would be, it's a good plan, but do you think it might get people to commit to a division though? If they're like, oh, well, if I don't shoot this division, I know I won't get to shoot on the super score. I don't think it would. No. It might get some people that are just trying to get the last few spots, like, um, but I don't think it would get like the top guys that are, you know, or, or that are usually, you know, winning or in the top three or four that have been, you know, that way. I don't think, I think they're going to shoot what they're going to shoot. I think you got wrong. some guys, no, and you got some guys like, you know, I don't, I'll say Coley. It seems like he shoots limited almost all the time, except for L10, to, uh, you know, and then maybe production if it doesn't yeah. get in the way. So like he's gonna do that, but you got guys like um, JJ who seems to shoot a lot different divisions. Yeah. He'll shoot them all if he can, right? So I mean, he's just gonna shoot what he's gonna shoot. He and, and you know what? I actually think some of those guys be like, I don't give a shit if I want the super squad. Yeah, I mean, some of them. Hey, you know what? I'm okay with not being on the super squad this year. That but could it's happen like, too. It's like, and then you don't have a super squad. It's like single stack. I mean, those guys they don't have to shoot any other matches. They know they're gonna be in the top 10 so they can show up and do that right yeah i think it would keep people from from switching over and doing that though like if they know they're not going to be able to shoot with the best at the match they'll just stay in their division and shoot that shoot their other division see like i think that's actually a detriment to single stack nationals then if you would have people that if you would if it would encourage better shooters not to come over and shoot it then that's a detriment to single stack yeah, but this this isn't a plan to save divisions. This is a plan to to have the best on the top. Well, uh, no, it's not because you just you're gonna you're gonna award a bunch of B and C class shooters in single stack to be on the super squad because they shot the most area matches. I don't think it would result in that. I really don't. It, okay, you should so, go, but you should go mm-hmm. back, Jeff. Next, you should you should formulate your plan and then oh, yeah. go back to the last year's area matches and just go through area matches and sectional matches and see who would be the single stack super squad based on nothing but that that's actually a good idea do it you and let's too much time on your hands i do mean it, yeah Jeff. that would finding time to do that would not be easy but that would be cool to do for all divisions i could come up with a a formula correct points for the matches and stuff and just see what it i mean that's that's the only way you're gonna find a system that really works, right? You got to back test it. No, you got guys that don't even shoot a lot of majors. I mean, you got guys that are winning national championships that shoot maybe, maybe one area match, if that. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be anomalies. You can't, you can't really. Catch so you everybody. don't put those people. Oh, but those would be the top three. So I guess those would be on it, assuming they won. Ben hasn't won one, but you're not going to put Ben on the super squad if he shot next year. I said anybody who's a national champ in the division would be. Oh, every yeah. Okay. Well, what about li- if Ben shoots limited? He's never won limited. Well, he's gonna have to shoot some matches to qualify, bitch. What about the fact that he's never <laughs> finished worse than third at a limited nationals? Does that not help his case? Are you saying I mean, third place he, is not a big deal? Was, if is he third was third place, not a big deal. 
If he was third at last year's limited, he would be on it. That's what I said, top three. Okay, so let's let's back this conversation. This actually turned into a better conversation than I thought, mainly because Jeff's kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> let's let's back the conversation up just a tiny bit. What is the purpose of the super squad? To have the best competitors or against each other, and also to have most likely winners going to come from the squad. Anybody? Any other thoughts? My thoughts on it is the the point of the super squad is to have anyone that's in real contention to win the match on the same squad, and it's to help for both media presence and to make sure they're competing under the same conditions as close as possible, so they're on the same stage at the same time competing against a direct competition that could win this match. It also helps. Uh, it also helps USPSA for, as far as media by making it easier for like Shooting USA to film that squad. It's always been my understanding of what it is. Jeff, is that you? I mean, you kind of said I mean, that, but are you in agreement? I, I don't necessarily disagree. Okay, so okay, add more because if you don't, I no, don't necessarily disagree means you you have probably some sort of disagreement. I just wonder how much the the media deal really impacts how it's set up. I I don't know that it has that much weight in it. Uh, I mean, I think there is some. I think there is a. I mean, a fair I think bit it, of weight in that. I feel like if it was that, then they would have, they would have put Mason on the limited squad, super squad. Well, but again, they were they were used the process that they had, um, which they they are saying that their process uh, does that. I mean, nobody's necessarily shocked that Mason won limited, but also it would not have been a shock if Mason went from his production gun to a limited gun and he came in fifteenth place. Like that wouldn't have necessarily been a huge shock either, because that like going from a minor gun to a major gun the next day when you've never compete even competed in that division that I know of, uh, like that would not have been a huge shock if he, yeah, I agree, w- was way lower down, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that we've seen that in the past. People try to change divisions the next day, and it doesn't always pan out super great. And I'm not trying to sell Mason short. I mean, obviously Mason. He did win, so I don't think I'm slighting him in that in that manner. But so, like, yeah, I I agree with that. The whole point of Super Squad is that um, you want is competitive equity, uh, and that because there's also an aspect of accountability. Like the Super Squad helps kind of keep themselves accountable. Whereas you get some pick a name, somebody pick a, a Todd Jarrett, somebody who's who's famous in the sport, so to speak. They're not on the Super Squad. They are and and I just picked Todd Jarrett. I'm not picking on Todd, but they're on some squad completely by themselves, so to speak, and they want to argue a call about something. They might can twist the arm of that RO a lot easier whenever they don't have Rob Latham standing behind them saying, hey, what do you think you're doing? Like, you can't get away with that. Right. Uh, right? Like, so, because, I mean, that happens in our sport. We've, we got to witness that. I mean, just ourselves, we got to witness, uh, manipulation a bit at a match we shot this year um tell us about that please (laughs) (laughs) we've already it's already been discussed we're good well let's Um, let's let's go into detail and hear it so there is uh (laughs) but there's so it's interesting that that all of you guys said that but nobody said anything about rewarding past uh performances like it's if if it's a hundred percent, we want the best shooters, the people who have the most chance to win it. 
then we can't just go off top 10 from last year. Then we then it's then it really needs to almost become a committee. No, these are the best shooters and they need to be on the squad. Yeah. Good point. But I in all fairness, in my in my opinion, I haven't really like said exactly how I would do it. I like the fact that if you are top 10 in the previous year, that you are automatically on the super squad for the next year if you choose to shoot that division again. Um, oh wait, I got I got I got something. So okay, what if I what if what if I amend my my rules here and say if you're in the top 10, you get you get a certain amount of points if you place top 10. So you're already ahead. Okay, so if I finish fourth at single stack nationals and don't shoot it otherwise the entire rest of the year, I probably don't get enough points and I don't get on the super squad. In single stack, you you probably would because like Jeremy said, there's not a ton of people shooting it. But All right, what about like production this year being uh, early in the year? So I shoot single, I shoot production, I get sixth place. That then, that would be that would be a hiccup, right? So we would have to say <laughs> we would have to start putting nationals at the same time every year, basically. Okay, okay, I'm that's a whole other conversation that I would like to talk about at some point. So yeah, so this this is actually where I was headed to next because I think in order like to really do the super squad stuff right, the changing the nationals every single year where there you have no anticipation of. What yeah. matches your? Because often people shoot more than one nationals, right? But you have no idea from year to year. Can I shoot these two nationals, or, or like you have no idea where it's going to be? Yeah. So I think in order for to like to truly make this more consistent and more fair, they need to at least go to like say a we're going to do a rotation of nationals for the next three years, and it's going to be the same for the next three years. I don't necessarily want to get stuck into it for ten years because there needs to be a ability for the sport to grow but i mean we do the world shoot on a three-year cycle let's just do nationals on a three-year cycle so that yeah single stack will be in may for the next three years you know single stack and single stack and production are going to be in may for the next three years you just know that and all the production people are pissed about production being in may i get that um yeah that's why i wouldn't do that why you wouldn't do what i wouldn't do because if if because it it'd be great if you got your division the way you wanted it or your two divisions the way you wanted it for three years right that'd be great, but if they said yeah production and single stack and the L ten revolver are in May every year for the, are for three years straight and it's at this range, uh, I don't like that because if that's that time doesn't work out for you if you live up north that doesn't work for you. I would say they need to. And I don't even know if this is possible, but. I would say they need to do all of the nationals at the same time. Either that or back to back to back. Uh, all Where the nationals at the same time has been done and it was pretty not good. Yeah. Uh, the back to back to back was also not a huge success. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, I do think if, I, I mean, all the national, all the divisions, all one nationals, all at the same time, the divisions get too watered down. Uh, it, that just doesn't, I, that doesn't work that well. Um, you maybe do if you them, went, you could do them all. No, like, no, no. At least agree to do them all at the end of the year. Like do them all August through October or something like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Um, I mean the the whole the single stack deal is kind of they've kind of tried to pair other stuff with single stack, and that's kind of got them in a little bit of 
got him in a little bit of trouble. Um, I think, but, but yeah, I do no, think I mean, if it, it, if it was something that, if it was somewhat reasonable towards the end of the year, like Jeff said, uh, and you know, you break it up into two or three matches and pair a few stuff up together, however, the best way that you can, um, and then say, this is how it's going to be the next three years. Then people will plan accordingly. Yeah. I mean, that's, People are just going to have to adapt and plan ultimately. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't set it all up so it's perfect for everybody. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, Jason. Well, no, I'm just saying if it's not perfect for everybody, then it's not perfect for any, everybody now. So why change it? Because it's too early. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And that's why I said do them all at the same time or somewhere near the same time because uh, you're not having one. You're not having some of them in May. You know what I mean? And then... Yeah, May yeah, is retarded. I, so that he was is, the big deal. I don't, I don't, I don't know why they did that. I don't know what the thought process was. I mean, maybe it was just. I, I'm not trying to cr- be critical of it because last I thing know. I want to do is have somebody message me and be like, "You don't know what you're talking about," and I don't. I'm admitting that. I don't know why they did it that way. Um, but man, look, watered down. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe they do. I don't know, but you know, um, some of these divisions just may need to go if we're too worried about them being watered down. If you got to have, if you got to put four other divisions in with this, with your, with your nationals, cause you can't have a standalone match, then maybe don't, that needs to go away. So, yeah. I don't okay. Know. So the why for May is because USPSA piggyback single stack nationals onto the 1911 society single stack classic match as their nationals. Cause that, so that was a standalone match. The single stack society, I think that's the name of them had their match in May in Passa Park. That was before single stack was even a division in USPSA. That's why Rob Latham had like 16 in a row or whatever. Um, so then whenever USPSA formed the single stack division, they said, okay, y'all are having this big national match in May that's always in Passa Park in May. Can we just make this our national championship? Because then USPSA basically got a national championship and the match was already there. It was already on the ground. It was already being run. They didn't have to do that much. And I, and I don't know what all went on behind the, the scenes as far as what they had to, to actually do, but the match was already there. Fast forward then to after Foley got in office and the last match that 1911 Society ran there in Pasa was not a very USPSA-type match. Uh, the highest round count stage was the standard stage at 24 rounds. There was no stage over that. The other, the next closest, I think, was 18 rounds. And it was basically 18 rounds, three set positions that you basically it was so it was not it was not representative of the sport of USPSA. And so I think that's when then Foley kind of took control of that match. Is it no, if this is gonna be a USPSA nationals, it needs to be representative of our sport. And so then it got moved around. Then that was about the year that they had an all the nationals, you know, one big nationals all together. Uh, yeah. and, and single stack has kind of moved around from different times of the year. And then they've last year, they tried to have it back in May and they couldn't COVID. Uh, so yeah. then this year it is back in May. And I think this year wouldn't have been a problem so much. It's just that they put in production with it in May and the production shooters don't like that. Uh, sorry, my voice is about totally gone, so it sounds like I, it probably <laughs> sounds like I'm cry, like trying not to cry over here. 
He's getting getting emotional he, about that single getting, stack I'm match. Getting real emotional about this match. He's you know, crying about single stack. I am. I am. But well, I, I know that it doesn't seem like there's really a solution. It, there's too much going on, and every time I hear somebody's solution to something, I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever. So it's kind of how I feel about this conversation. Because in my so, mind, I think they should have them all together, and this jumping around stuff is, you know can't really do that in any other sport or i mean maybe you can i don't know but it seems like you need to be dead i, I don't know i like the idea of being dedicated to one division yeah I for, the, for the majority I, of the year and then that's what you compete in you basically cast your whatever you want to say uh pick your poison and and that's what you yeah. go for and i don't know that it really waters it down it is what it is but you know yeah just me so when I when I first started going to nationals, nationals were in Vegas. They were in Vegas every year. Like you just knew, like so you had like you knew ho- what hotel you were going to stay at. You knew how you were, if you were going to fly. You knew if you're going to drive. You knew exactly what you're going to do every year. Um, they had it would be open and limited were together and L10 and production together. So you knew you were either going to shoot open and open and then production or limited then production or limited then L10. Or whatever, uh, and it was that way every year. And so you just you knew going into it, these this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to travel. And so all of that stuff kind of became easy. It was easy to plan the year around it and figure it out. Obviously, single stack was in May back then, and revolver was well. Revolver was in Vegas for a long time with the others till they paired it with single stack. Um, but having some sort of consistency so that people can kind of know what to expect from year to year i think is really good i think the other problem with the with production going to may this year is we just had production nationals in october yeah and so then you got to turn around and you got to have nationals again and virtually you're going nationals and then your very next match is nationals again because there's not hardly any matches yeah. before may hardly in the country anyway there's a few but not many well you, you take like where i'm at like you want to take some time off into the shooting season and then like Today it's eight degrees and there's snow on the ground. It's like yeah. you're not training yet. No. Yeah. No, and it it worked okay for single stack because I will like I I get it for most people single stack was their secondary division, and so having single stack in May for people is like okay yeah I can throw I can throw on my single stack for a month at the start of the season I can go shoot nationals go have fun uh, and. No big deal. I can do that. And then and then I have the whole rest May through the rest of the season to shoot my normal division. And so I get why that worked with single stack. I also get why it doesn't work with production, which used to be a main division, but it's it's becoming less of a main division, seemingly. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Isn't there like 190 people signed up for production? I don't know if that's a lot. I don't guess I pay attention to how many people show show up for nationals. Is that not a lot? That's not a lot, is it, actually, now that I think about it? I don't know. It just matters. I mean, I honestly, I don't really even look at those numbers because going back to Super Squad talk, I just want to see who are the like who are the top 20 shooters or top 10 shooters at the match. That's really what makes – to me, that's what makes the match. The numbers are just money for USBSA. I w- back to the Super Squad thing, I don't know that any of us really know what they do. We assume that it's top 10 and then well, from there. And on the same topic, I would argue that – what they're doing now is is fair enough because they're basically they're just it, it seems like they're just straight taking the top finishers from the year before. So if nothing else, at least it's a 
this is how it is and this is how it's going to be. And, and you know what it is. So, that, I mean, it's a, it's as fair as any method you can come up with. Yeah, yeah I, w- I would agree. I agree with that statement if nationals were consistent from year to year. It's way – I think having nationals be completely different from year to year, that makes it a big – that changes it, right, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. Um, and what I, I, do, think they I should do, do think there does need to be room in it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm going to cut no, you you're off, good. Boomer. I, the, I do think there does need to be some sort of room in it for – you have a Niels Jonasson who hasn't shot limited for the last year, and then he signs up for limited. Well, obviously, he should be on the super squad. Like if he's gonna shoot limit, like that's like like there's there needs to be some there needs there should be some room breathing room in that for some common sense placements, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think what they should do is kind of what they did last year. I think this is what they did. So as soon as I say this, I may realize it's not what they did. But um, PCC should be standalone. I don't care if it's. I don't care. It should be standalone. I don't care if it's a money loser. It's something that's completely different from all the other pistol divisions. Yeah. There. You okay. just don't want it at your match. Uh, it's not no, even it that. Should be, it's just, it should it, be a it should standalone. Be standalone. Yeah. It, it, even if it's some, it should be standalone. Yeah. I think you should have production and carry optics and then skip a day or two and then have open and limited. And then all the other divisions should be separate. If we're going to do it that way, that's how they did it this, I guess in 2020. To me, that makes the most sense. I think that makes the worst sense. Oh, well, there you go. Actually, I mean, I actually do think it should. I, I would think doing like carry optics and limit at the same match and open and production in the same match makes more sense because you're going to open in production. Because because carry, somebody that's shooting carry optics is going to be more likely to transition and shoot mm. production. Uh, because they can shoot basically the same gun in that, or no. they want to transition to open. Because I think I think having carry optics counter to production and open makes the most sense. Because those are the two divisions that, some, that somebody shoots carry optics is most likely to transition to, or well, vice so- versa. Somebody might go to open and they might shoot uh, carry optics uh, for the first match because they're still shooting a dot. See, they also think- might shoot limited because they also <laughs> might shoot limited because it's a 2011 and a 2011 division. They can shoot. That's why I was saying. That's why I was saying back. limited. That's why I'm saying limited and open together. No, that's why I'm saying no. Don't oh, put them together oh, because oh. you can shoot basically the same platform in back to back matches. Well, but then that that back that's back to the thing is like I I, I don't know how I feel, but it, it, there is something that's kind of about. Rolling, um, allowing thirteen different national championship matches where people can just keep rolling the dice. I mean, I don't mean that to like it's a matter of luck. I mean, these are obviously um, top level shooters, but I mean, this next match we're gonna have four national champions out of one match, and so well, like, you want to have mean, a nationals with all the divisions in one, so you have one match with seven nationals. Well, but I mean, you, but but is what I'm saying is, is yeah, I mean, but if we have if we have them separated in three different things where they can. I have a chance to win three national titles. It seems like if I don't know, man. It it seems like that waters down. I, I think I've heard somebody say that if 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 everybody's a national champion, then nobody's a national champion. And and well, I mean, that yeah, was in reference. That was in reference to other other actually uh, shooting disciplines and not USPSA. But you know, at some time, at some point, you got to go. I mean, oh, sixteen national championships this year. You got sixteen chan- chances to go be a national champion. 
pick yeah, your division I mean, that you want to shoot in well, and go shoot in it. Yeah, uh, but I mean the the conversation wasn't do we have too many divisions tonight? Yeah, something else of what you said there. Having like say production and open at the yeah, same match in, in the same match. What? That, is that, <laughs> I, I don't think those are good divisions to mix in the nationals because look at the other side of it. Something that is pretty challenging with a production gun might still just be a speed race with the open gun. Like what is a super challenging target with a production gun might not be overly hard for the open guys. So you might not get to really test the skills there. I don't honestly, I don't really buy that because all the other matches throughout the whole year find a way to challenge all the pistol divisions at the same match. So I don't necessarily, I, I mean, we're not talking about the other matches that we're talking about nationals. I just don't, I yeah, don't we're not talking about there mixing, being too many matches. I don't think mixing those two divisions is probably <laughs> the right way. Open and CO together would make more sense than open and production or even open and limited. Because once you, I don't know, take a, take a 15 yard swinger. If you put hardcover on that target, it's a lot harder for a production shooter than it is an open shooter. Open shooter can just put four bullets on it and move on. It is what it is. A production shooter might only have one or two makeup shots for that section of the stage. Like I don't like, I don't, I don't think mixing those two divisions so that somebody can shoot CO also makes any sense. Well, okay. But one hardcover on swingers is stupid to begin with. Like, I'm sorry. Making an example. That's, that's, that's stupid to begin with, but a good stage design, it doesn't matter if you're shooting open or production. Like it's still gonna be a good stage. Yes, the stages are gonna be are gonna change because of the major, the dot, the capacity, like that's gonna change the hit factors drastically. But that doesn't mean that you can't have the same match and it still be a good match for open and a good match for production. But the functional accuracy of the guns are basically the same um for both of them. So But what I what I'm saying is to make the match challenging to where it separates the top from the bottom is going to be a lot harder to do without making it stupid for production. I just, I just disagree with that sentiment. I think I disagree too. I wasn't paying attention. So (laughs) (laughs) par for the course, par for the course. Uh, Well, I'm just like, this conversation has gone on too long. If they mix those divisions, they're going to take your social security check away. What do you think? I mean, in my mind, in my mind, it needs to be iron and iron and optic and optic or minor and minor and, and major and major. It shouldn't be uh, production and open. If that's what yeah. you said, Jeremy, that's the dumbest thing I've heard in my life. No, because it allowed. We I, are all now dumber for hearing you speak. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but also like, OK, you take your canic and you shoot and you shoot carry optics in the first match. Wouldn't you like to take that exact same gun and shoot production in the second match? And then you don't have to, you can to bring all the same ammo. You don't have to try and buy two open guns and carry extra different ammo for that. And like, it's the same no, gun. It's the same trigger, because, the same everything. I mean, no, be, yes and no, but in a perfect world. Yeah. In a, well, in a perfect world, I would just have the open guns because then I'd go shoot open with an open gun. So for me, I would want to stay with the dot. I wouldn't want to switch dot, sighting systems. Okay, so in a perfect so, world. So then, having carry optics and then open and production the next match allows you to do that as well if you wanted to. 
Jason doesn't want to switch divisions. He wants everybody to be a, a one-trick pony. He just wants one. Everybody shoots open, and that's it. I just want to shoot open, <laughs> but it's too expensive. And I don't even shoot open, so. Yeah, I think everybody should shoot open. That'd be fun. It wouldn't be watered down. It'd be awesome. And it wouldn't be watered down. <laughs> I think what we're figuring out here is, is that none of us know a good way to do this. And it's probably why nobody thinks that whatever they do works. No, yeah. and that's exactly it. Everybody <laughs> thinks they have the idea and then nobody else agrees with that idea. I mean, how many times you hear somebody's idea and you go, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I've heard it three times tonight. Well, no, but okay. Even <laughs> even if they took even if they took Boomer's dumb idea and put CO in production in the first match and limited and open in the second match, like they've done, I think at least twice already. But go ahead, like they did it twenty twenty, and I think they did it in twenty eighteen. I don't know. I know they no. did it last year in twenty twenty. But go ahead. Yeah, they've Ooh. done it once. Uh, nice try though. Uh, but even if they did that, if they did that for at least like three years in a row. So that you knew, okay, this is what this is what I'm dealing with. This is what then you can make you can make decisions based on that, right. uh, which makes sense. That's that's really what I'm saying is pick until they pick a really bad idea, and then you have to live with it for three years. See what I'm saying? Boom, dude. I think a really bad idea for three years would be better than what they're doing right now. Because right now we're basically getting really bad ideas. They're just different, really bad ideas every yeah. year. They're just like bad ideas you can't adapt to. Right. So just pick something and be like, this is what it's going to be for the next two or three like, years. So what like was, if it, what was if bad about was, 2020 then? If this was in May, what we're doing right now, and I knew it was going to be in May for the next three years, like I wouldn't love it, but I could adapt to that. First of all, it shouldn't be in May, in May anymore. That I, I, I don't like that timing seems weird to me. And I'm saying that a lot nicer than I want to say it. Well, we shouldn't have a nationals Jer- match in May. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Sorry. told us why it's in May. I don't care that, that just because they've been doing it wrong for so many years don't mean they need to keep doing it wrong. Like, how is it okay? Well said. Until we add production, now all of a sudden it's dumb. Like, I don't know. So okay, so the the solution is this: they need to put us in charge of telling them when to do nationals. That's we're, we're not going to do anything else with nationals. We're going to tell them when to do it. And then we will poll our audience because we have the best audience in shooting sports mm-hmm. uh, to help us figure out what that should be. And we can just take the co- highest common denominator will make the most people happy. And then we're good. Done. Yeah, I don't want really think I don't want any part of that because no matter what you choose, somebody's always going to be like us sitting here bitching about it yeah. because nothing's going to satisfy uh-huh. everyone. That's Why do you fine. care about that? I don't care yeah, about other people's. Don't, don't <laughs> Does that bother you? Don't You're right. Well, they I, need want to send, they- I want nationals in Kansas City on a day when it's about 72 degrees with low humidity. Perfect. So there's like two days out of the year that fit that description <laughs> in Kansas City? Yeah. <laughs> I think you could you could poll a lot of people and you would probably have very few people with the same answer. Exactly. That's why you just have I, to I give mean, them I, options. You got to give them I would options. Take, I would take up for anybody that's in a position of running anything because it's like you, you you're never going to make everybody happy and you can't sit there and take input from everyone because you you're going to get too much dumb ideas like some of y'all's um and you know what i mean and you're not gonna make it no matter what they would do let's be honest okay other than not having the the nationals in may they're gonna get half the people they're gonna bitch about it let's be honest 
just the way it is. But if no, everybody but said they hard. didn't want it, if everybody said they didn't want it in May, then maybe we could not have it in May, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be hard to come up with three reasonable plans. Like, we're yeah. going to do these three things. And then you give those three options. You send those out uh, for people to vote on. And you go with, okay, the, the most popular one, we're going to do that for the next three years. And we're going to commit to it. Yeah, I like that. But I'll, I'll give you a quick example of you when you ask people where should they have, don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You, you, you asshole. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you ask people where they should have nationals, they're going to say the best range nearest them. I mean, for me and Jeff and we're going to Tulsa or, or Fort Smith, I like, right? I like or Tulsa. Kansas City. Yeah. Because people like, because I'm hearing people like, when we have it in Utah, uh, half the country's got to fly. And I'm like, look, if you're at, if you, no matter where you put that, if you're eight hours outside of it, pretty much everybody's yeah. flying. So no matter where you put a match, there's eight, eight hour circle is only so big. And then the rest of the people have to fly. So where that match is in the country does not matter in my mind. Uh, with one exception. 66% of the people are going to have to fly. You, you, it is good when it's somewhere that it's easy to fly to. So, yeah, well, there. Yeah. Orlando is easy to fly into. Vegas is easy to fly into because mo- even smaller airports like Kansas City are going to have direct flights to those. So, that is a good reason to fly into those. And even, even with it being in Alabama next year, like uh, Atlanta is a reasonable airport for that match. And it's easy to fly to Atlanta from pretty much anywhere in the country. Okay, like I, I a hundred percent am. I think the nationals should be at the range that can have the best nationals and the best match. I'm, I agree with you. I, like all the other stuff is a hundred percent ancillary. Where can we have the best match? And right now, the best place in the country to have the best match is in Cameo, Colorado. That like nationals should be there. Like it is the nicest range. It's the coolest range. The weather's going to be super. Cons- I mean, it's going to be as consistent as anywhere. Um, and they have like they will charge USPSA next to nothing, and they will pay for all the props. They have all the props. They have all the bays. They've offered to build like an extra twelve bays on their dime. They'll pay for it. USPSA doesn't have to pay anything for it. And like that's where nationals should be. And and if somebody builds another range that's equal to that, then you can alternate. Correct. Like uh, I, I'd kind of, I'm kind of interested to see the new subs range that they've rebuilt it. Oh, it's it's not. It will it won't host the nationals. It can't. Oh, okay. The base they built real super narrow base. Cool. 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 Well, I think Jared should decide. I think he's had the most consistent, best ideas. So. All and right, most the- realistic. Most realistic. Nationals is going to be in Kansas City from now on, unless I ever move, and then it'll be wherever I move to. Hell yeah, it's close enough for somebody, me. Somebody else can figure out all the details. <laughs> no, you know, one last thing on that though is I like the idea of Nationals being the same place, like you know, the same time and place, general time and place, multiple years in a row. But I also like the idea of Nationals moving around because <laughs> one, it's nice to go to other places. But it's also good for just the sport in general. So if you if you kind of move from like the East Coast to the West Coast to the middle of the country, it'll probably get some people that will not have the opportunity to shoot it otherwise because they can't or won't fly to Florida or Vegas or wherever. So it is good if it moves around a little bit, just not every year. Here, here. Whatever. 
I disagree. You disagree with everything. If we're not talking about a 1911 that costs $10,000, you disagree with it. I disagree. 10000 is too much for a 1911. <laughs> All right. That's it. Let's pinch it off. Pinch it off. Peace. Oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>